Hey everybody, welcome to Surface Level, a show that takes a look at society's expectations and rejects the ones we don't see it for, all from the perspective of three black queer best friends. I'm one of your hosts, Jordan, and today, Tony Demon and I are looking back on our third season and answering questions courtesy of you, the listeners. This is Beyond the Surface Level 3. All right. Yes, we made it. Third season. We made it. <laughs> we made it. And, you know, this is the third Beyond the Surface Level. Mm-hmm. Um, so before we get into the questions, um, I sort of want to revisit episode one of this season where we kicked it off and we asked, what do we want to accomplish in 2021? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and since we're officially in the second half of 2021. Can't believe it. I want to do a little check-in. Oh, yeah, that's sad. It's flying by. It's really <laughs> flying by. <laughs> um, so, Daman. Yep. Uh, you said, I don't want to be bored, and I want to continue to grow and stretch myself. So, <laughs> New York New York is open right She's now. Are you, are you bored, and are you, get, are you getting stretched? Oh, my God. <laughs> that's disgusting. Oh, girl. Um, I'm not bored. Um... <laughs> Clearly, you've been getting stretched. <laughs> is this how we're starting the show? This is how we're starting, baby. Oh my, y'all are gross. <laughs> um, but no, I feel like I've been exploring new things. That we've spent a lot of time in Brooklyn this year, <laughs> running around, getting stretched, <laughs> seeing the sight. Um, love Brooklyn. I've been I've been in Brooklyn a lot. I know. This I was with you. That's what I was so talking fun. about. I don't oh, know okay. what you're talking about. Okay. You're doing <laughs> we go to a lot of yoga. So yeah. I've been in yoga. Um, and that's been exciting, and I think that, like, I'm, I'm thinking, toying with some new ideas about things that I want to expand on professionally outside of just my day-to-day, um, and this season was a stretch show, 15 episodes instead of 10. It was a it's stretch. It's been going on and on and on. It's <laughs> I, I'm living over. for it. I'm living for it. Mm. The content is rolling out. It's giving a season of Housewives of Atlanta <laughs> in, the, in the height. A, of, me- a mega season. A mega season. 26 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right. Well, now that you're talking, Tony, um, you said that you want to balance your adult responsibilities while still having a clatchet lifestyle. So how's that classy yes. and ratchet lifestyle going for you? No class. Um, so <laughs> I, I, I think that it's, it's happening. Like I'm balancing work. And now that outdoors is open, I have a, a brand new life, mm. brand oh. new lease on life. <laughs> Let's call it that. Um, and it's been a lot of fun and just very liberating. So, yeah. yeah um, and the Clatchet moment is, I think I'm I'm succeeding on that. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm meeting I'm meeting my um my my promise, making my promise on that or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so yeah, exceeding goals. I'm exceeding. Oh, <laughs> exceeds goals. All right. So, and I said that um, I want to grow the podcast platform and mm-hmm. continue making an impact on listeners. So, you know, I'm all about the analytics. So, I have some <laughs> have numbers. Have you done that? We we have. So, here are the numbers, and here is the data. Ooh. Um, so, since April seventh, twenty twenty one, we have increased our downloads this season by nearly one hundred and twenty percent compared to last season. Wow. So. That's a Pe- lot. People are definitely listening a lot more. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, <laughs> I don't want to hear what I get to say. <laughs> versus last season. Um, the second thing is that we've grown our listener base outside of North America. And these are the top five countries that we're reaching right now. Global. Ghana, <laughs> number one. Oh. Germany, followed mm. by the UK, 
then Mexico, and number five is Trinidad and Tobago. Hmm. Well, so, yeah, I know how much I've been wanting to go to Germany. So if you go to Germany. So <laughs> well, shout out to all the surface level listeners from um, across the seas. Around the world. Thank you for listening. <laughs> and then finally, I mean, this is fairly recent our first digital feature in a major publication yes (laughs) oh my goodness so the washington post i'm uh, still on a high from that i mean that was that was was an amazing surprise i i was not expecting it to be a full feature (laughs) yeah Um, (laughs) the story was about us yeah so that was um very happy i talked to my mom about it she was very excited she was like send me the newspaper i said girl it's on dot com (laughs) my mother was like she's like maybe i'll see it when you know in a couple weeks you know, the internet is slow out there, Child but she things. finally saw the post on Facebook and my mom's on Instagram, but so she commented on my, um, my post, yeah. but, uh, yeah, it's really excited. Now what was funny, I, I sent it to my aunt Crystal, who <laughs> she comes back up on the show every time and she actually thought it was fake news. <laughs> <laughs> so she didn't open it. She didn't say anything until like a, a day or so after. And she was like, when I first saw this, I thought it was fake news, <laughs> but congratulations. <laughs> Um, so maybe she thought we were really good at Photoshop and just (laughs) (laughs) and did that ourselves. But okay, so let's get into the beyond the surface level. Um, so we've kind of broken it out in segments this go around, and this first segment, which is going to be a lot of fun, is about relationships, love, and sex, um, which covers a few of the episodes that we've had over the season. And I want to start with just a little icebreaker, a little bit of a game. And it's couple a couple um, loaded questions. So, okay. what, what's an instant mood killer for you guys when it comes to setting the mood? What, what would like instantly be like, oh no, I gotta go? Someone smells bad. Bad um, B.O.? Or if your home is, well actually no, I don't travel. So yeah, just if someone smells bad. <laughs> okay. What's that instant mood killer? Yeah, what would like go from setting the mood to like we gotta stop? Oh goodness. Um. Hmm. A catfish. Oh. I was like, I know what yours is. Or somebody who sent old photos yeah. and they, you know, they've okay evolved. I- <laughs> and, and they've evolved um or it's just not them right so i think for me an instant mood killer is um bad breath hmm. yeah, yeah. I, i'm like ooh, and i want to kiss no we can't do that oh gosh now i'm gonna brush your teeth and we can start again yeah. you can go back to your home so and start <laughs> what, what would be an what's an instant turn on <laughs> smelling good smelling good <laughs> <laughs> the bare minimum it's, I, I like like for you to smell like you just walked out of a shower. Yeah. So that you, makes you, you have you have them shower first and then come into the Absolutely. the bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um Jordan. Someone like setting setting the mood, like a candle, music, offering me mm-hmm. like something to drink. Someone who's just like very attentive. Yeah. And like actually making me like feel like this is more than, you know. Right. A, a moment. So a moment. A moment. <laughs> I think for me, an instant uh, turn on is good credit. <laughs> you asking them that at the door? Yeah. What's your and, and do you steal? Um, so, what would you what would you not want to find in your partner's bedside drawer, Demond? Mm. What would you not want to see in there? Astroclide. 
Oh my god. <laughs> oh my goodness. What about you, uh, Jordan? <laughs> I, I don't know. What do people put in their side drawer? What's something you wouldn't want to see in there? It could be anything. I mean, um, I don't know. Counterfeit money? I don't know. <laughs> Counterfeit money? <laughs> like, I, I think for me, maybe, maybe um, I don't know, Rush, those cheap poppers. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't want to see that. Um, this one's a little salacious. What's a secret oh, kink? More than the last one? What's a secret kink you have? A secret one that I have? Yeah. I don't think I have many secrets. What have I not talked about that I like? What's a kink that you had then? Let it let it out. Um <laughs> I'll go. For me, yeah. I think a secret kink of mine is feet. Like I've mm-hmm. I've over time I'm like, oh, like nice feet are very sexy. And I know how you feel about feet, Damon. You hate it. <laughs> I don't yeah, I don't enjoy them. For me. But like someone For can you. enjoy my feet. Someone can enjoy your feet. Ooh, that we love that. that we love that. Yeah. Sure, let's go with that. You can go with that. Jordan? I mean, we've talked about it before. A light, a light, you know. Tug, oh, a light, a, a a light tug of the neck. On the neck. Yeah. <laughs> we love that. Yeah. Okay, I want you guys to say one or two words that come to mind really quickly. This is rapid fire. When I say the following word, you just say something. Top. Bottom. <laughs> First. Uh, scarce. Bottom. Feeder. Oh my gosh! What? I mean, I don't know. Bottom, uh, Harlem, plentiful of them. Plentiful. <laughs> uh, verse, me, top, me, orgy. Those freak me out. <laughs> People, I haven't done many of them. Oh, relationship. Well, how was the best? Never mind. We'll talk about that <laughs> at the beyond the surface. Relationship. Year, maybe. Love. <laughs> Would love to see it. <laughs> and lastly, summer. Party. Hot. Is mine. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I want to start by asking you guys about your current dating status. You know, where where are we? Uh, Are we we dating? Are we we single? Are we just doing it up? Well, last season we were married. Did we get divorced? Last season (laughs) we were married. Uh, We're not quite divorced, but I think it's an open marriage. Mm. Um, But for me, I'm not... I'm currently open to dating. I'm not actively dating anyone. Mm-hmm. And with outside being open now, I've found that there are a lot of suitors now that I'm able to uh, <laughs> engage with. It's open. like really nice to go out and meet someone and yeah. get numbers and mm-hmm. like, you know, maybe use the number, maybe not. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's happening. Yeah. What about you? Outside is open. So is your domicile. My domicile is open <laughs> for, for business. <laughs> for me, uh, I would call myself single but involved oh how does that that work (laughs) you know it it works the way that we were describing on that episode where every time i have have my living room full of men and my Mm -hmm. person would be fine with it yeah Yeah. it was funny because the person that i'm involved with was like i'm shocked you didn't just say you live that life now where you're involved with someone but there are no attack there are no rules there are no things holding either of us back from things we just exist i mean I, i i enjoy that you write your own contract you know? Yeah. And the fine print is very, <laughs> very fine. <laughs> what about you, Jordan? Uh, Dating sing- life. Single and satisfied. Oh. Um, <laughs> Does that I, mean you're having sex? <laughs> um, not, not nearly as much as one would think um okay. but you know i'm more so deprioritizing dating at the moment um i 
am currently going on dates with one person, mm -hmm. um, but it's more of a friendly thing at the moment. I like when it starts like with as a friendly thing mm -hmm. yeah. and evolves. That's like that's always the best in my opinion. I think so too. So, was there any one moment during the season, um, you know, recording of this season that impacted the way that you approach ro romantic situations? Um, I think in um, before he cheats, mm -hmm. we were talking about red flags and recognizing red flags. And I feel like through that conversation, I've just become not hypersensitive, but just more um, alert to red flags and also just sort of nipping them in the bud and just letting people know, like, this isn't going to work. And red flags doesn't have to mean, like, the person's a terrible person. It just means that, like, I'm recognizing what's compatible with me earlier on. Mm -hmm. um, and it's sort of, that conversation sort of, like, made me more aware of those moments and believing those moments because I didn't always, I would see the red flags, but I wouldn't believe them. Mm. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think we were, when we were talking about Kiss with a Fist, I really had to evaluate how I viewed conflict in relationships. Mm. Um, and how I want to approach it. Mm -hmm. Just like for me with dating someone, when we are disagreeable, what does that look like? Mm -hmm. Like I don't want to be in a place in my life again, just purely even speaking for me, where I feel like I'm treating you so poorly in an argument that it's like, w do we know each other? Like if, I'm, right. if I have to treat you that poorly and talk to you that crazy, then what are we doing? Yeah. Um, yeah. So like approach it, reevaluating how we approach um Conflict was something that's really important to me. Yeah, I think those two episodes stand out for me as, you know, moments that impacted how I, I approach um, romantic situations. And it's it's a delicate thing, you know, like starting to engage with someone and break down those barriers um, and let someone in, you know, trust is a big deal. Yeah. And so it's really a challenge and a struggle to let someone brand new in. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm trying to have fun with that and just be open-minded to that moment and realize that you might get burned. That might happen. Like I have to, that's a real, a real thing that could happen. But mm -hmm. also on the flip side of that, I might have a really dope experience with getting to know someone and yeah. could be, you know, something cute um and fruitful so that's that's where i stand on it mm. but um how has having this platform and the visibility <laughs> <laughs> um with this platform impacted how much sex you're having and this was actually this came from a one of our um our listeners who actually referred to it as like he said as the podcast rises to fame <laughs> um who's taking you said something about who's taking advantage of the groupie love yeah so <laughs> uh jordan i mean i'm i'm not having a lot of sex right mm -hmm. now so i'm not taking advantage of anything also no one's really like hitting me up mm -hmm. um to i mean i'm meeting a lot of fr new friends but i'm not taking advantage of like sex at the moment um, I would say I, I've noticed like when going out to places like Trappy Hour or just any, a bar like Lambda or any, um, situation where there, there's an abundance of black gay men that people are approaching us 
um, me. You. Um, <laughs> and saying, you know, we are not they, they, they've listened to the podcast. They love the podcast. Um, it's opened up. And they would like to give you some cash. It's opened up win- <laughs> It's opened up windows of opportunity. Is that what we're calling it? <laughs> it's opened up a, a lot window? of windows of opportunity. Okay. She stretched the window And, open. you know, as someone who's been, like, single for a while and not really dating, I'm like, I welcome that. I'm like, okay, this is cute. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. Um, yes. yes. My year of yes. Year of yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's fun to <laughs> have your pick. <laughs> so, Damon, what about you? Anybody talking to me? Oh, okay. And that can continue. I think that's a lie. Mm. I've seen people talking to you. It got nothing to do with this podcast. Oh, yeah. Well, no, but I mean, I think it does. No, it's just. It's just you. It's just me, baby. Just babe. <laughs> Get into the skin. <laughs> Get into that mug, baby. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see. I think I want to ask one more question. To do. do so, do you think the negative experiences that you had in past relationships create a barrier for you to establish new relationships? Jordan. Um, no. I think that my experiences in past relationships helped me sort of be able to quickly identify, not quickly, but like identify where people belong in my life. Okay. Um, I think that in the past, like I've, in, in the recent past, I've had like attachment where I met somebody and I was attracted to them and they were showing me attention. So boom, here I am. Like, let's, let's hang out all the time. Yeah. And what I'm realizing now is that like recognizing earlier like I said before, what the red flags are, sometimes you realize that someone isn't really compatible romantically. Sometimes yes. they're a better fit platonically. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes I've, I've even told people that I would actually prefer to just limit communication with them to social media as opposed <laughs> to hanging out. <laughs> Why? How did that go? Uh, huh? How did that go? Ooh. It was fine. I said, I, said, key, I, I said, I said, I don't want to force anything. And I was just like, we can continue like engaging on social media. And if an in-person thing makes sense, then we can hang out. But, and then there's been some people where I just realized I don't want them in my life at all. Yeah. So I just, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I think that having those experiences, whether they be negative or positive in past relationships, I feel like I'm just a little bit more discerning now with like the people that I'm letting into my life and mm-hmm. just sort of like, you know, placing people in the right place where I feel like I can actually enjoy them the most. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think that the negative experiences that I've had in the past do um, sit in the back of my mind sometimes. And it's it's triggering when, you know, uh, you notice behavior in someone that um, you've, you've experienced with someone else in the past, yeah. or you're just like a little trepidatious about getting into something because you're a little jaded now that you've been like hurt or gone through a negative experience. And I'm, I'm trying not to let those things stop me from finding my king. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I, I think I'm just trying to live in that growth mindset and try and grow from what I've learned in those negative experiences and not carry that burden and let it stop me from, you know, flourishing. Yeah. Um, I spent like maybe a year after my last long relationship, like just purely stepping away from it, working on myself, Mm -hmm. like trying in as many ways as I could to heal from that situation and also to understand me and what my triggers were so that 
in instances where I am getting to know someone new, I can clearly communicate those things. Yeah. Um, but one thing I've, I, I actually, it's, it's a, I guess maybe a different perspective. Like I'm trying not to do the whole red flag thing with people because I think that often when we think of red flags, they're, they're based in like past trauma. And because the situation may be similar, I'm prescribing how that other individual acted to someone new. When okay. I think that each person has a unique story, a unique background, something that needs to be evaluated purely for them. And mm-hmm. that doesn't mean like if I was in an abusive relationship and somebody hit me again, I'm like, oh, this is Right, because I was different. getting, ready, I was getting ready to say like, I agree, yeah. but there are some red flags no, there, that are there, like red flags. certain <laughs> things where I'm just like, this is a non-starter for me. Yeah. Um, but just thinking about like, personality traits and like if somebody feels similar to something that I didn't like in the last personality not being like oh yeah let me let me friends on you bitch like that's what I'm trying friends not on. to do mm-hmm. and just evaluating every person as their own yeah I'm, I'm still um cackling at I'm gonna just limit this communication to social media social that media <laughs> well, I think that that saves a lot of time you know like I we don't if have somebody to... ever told me that I would block them <laughs> like on site we're actually still cool and we are our communication is on social media we like each other's stories and stuff like that that's where I want to keep it that I mean I think it works but it's just funny <laughs> to tell someone that <laughs> I worded it right you know oh okay so it wasn't like yeah you know I'm a writer yeah well yeah. now they gonna hear you saying what you really meant. Yeah, what I really meant is that I wanted to limit communication to social media. They know. Period. <laughs> it was clear to them. It was clear. Yeah. <laughs> we were on the same page. So was that your was that your your, la- your last question? That's my last scene and my last season on that segment. Okay. <laughs> so I want to go into a slightly more heavy theme. Um, we talk a lot about homophobia in different parts of our lives, whether it be church, family, friends. Um, we talk about all of that. But before we get into that heavy that heavy discussion, I want to play a game with you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it would be fun, because we play a lot of games on this show. Mm-hmm. But I think it would be fun. We play a lot of games. I think it would be really fun if the listeners could see us play a game that we would actually play at one of our game nights. Okay. So, so y'all know the music game. Oh, yes. yeah, I'm putting y'all to the test. Sure. So for the listeners who don't know, we always play the music game whenever there's a game night. <laughs> and essentially, I'm the judge. She's a ch- come judge. Come <laughs> <judge>. <laughs> I'm the judge. And I am going to say a word. Mm-hmm. And let's just say they're on their own teams. Normally, we would have teams, but it's just going to be Tony against Damon. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. If I say the word is fly. Mm-hmm. Tony has to sing a song with the word fly in it within 15 seconds. I'm going to give you guys 15 seconds. Okay. This is a song that I will not sing. And then, (laughs) so if Tony is able to sing a song that has the word fly in it within 15 seconds that I recognize, so also you have to be perceptive, um, (laughs) then Damon has 15 seconds to sing a, a song with the word fly in it. But he cannot sing a song that's already been sung in this round. Okay? So they know the rules, but I'm just making sure that you, who's listening, knows right. the rules. Right. Warm my instrument up. All right. So um, let me get my timer out or whatever like that. Yeah. It's a timer uh, is, on the screen. Is that the word, though? Or are we doing, like, is it a different word you're going to give us? Oh, no. It's not fly. Okay, good. That's <laughs> difficult. Ooh. I, I have Fly Like a Bird by Mariah Carey, but then I was like, I will not sing I Believe I Can Fly. Oh, I have a bunch of songs <laughs> in my head. Please you have don't. one in your head? A bunch of songs in my head. Oh. Okay. So, Tony is going first, 
And the word is baby. <sighs> baby, 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 baby. Okay, bye, Shanti. Come on. Oh, oh, oh. Hit me, baby, one more time. Okay, Britney Spears, Tony. Baby, baby, baby. Justin oh. Bieber, okay. Baby love, my baby love. An old school group. Supreme. Yes. <laughs> baby, it's you. Okay, Beyonce. <laughs> um, mm. Baby boy, you say on my mind. Okay, Beyonce. Tony. Baby got back. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Damon. Baby, 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 baby. Don't you, you know, know that you're so fun? Okay. Tony. Ooh. Baby, I'm down and out. <laughs> <laughs> you out? I'm 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 a I'm a, I'm a lose. Bow out. Okay. Right, so so Demont took that one. <laughs> We're gonna do the next round. So get you some something to drink. Clear those uh, vocal uh, chambers. I don't know. Vocal what do you call it? Uh, there we go. <laughs> clear, clear your vocal chambers. <laughs> <laughs> and Demont is gonna start. Uh huh. And the word is world. Sitting on top of the world. Top of the world. Okay, Brandy. Heal the world, make it a better place. <laughs> Come on, y'all. For you okay. and for me the and the entire uh, human race. If this world were mine. All right. Tony. <laughs> She's terrible. What, what words? What world? World. <laughs> world. <laughs> <laughs> And that's the game. <laughs> so if you're ever at a game night with us, that's the game that we will be playing. You want me on your team. You obviously sure. want Demond on the team. <laughs> Tony can be the judge next time. Yeah, I'll be the judge and the executioner. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, I want to start off this, um, this conversation with just doing a check-in. So how has being out with you know, our queer experiences on this public platform, has that impacted your relationships or your dynamic with any heterosexual friends or family? Like, have you seen any changes? Damon? I wouldn't say changes, but I will say, say like, it just opens up queer topics for, like, straight people to talk to you about. Yeah. True. What do you mean? Or, or like, it'll be like, like, so that uh, thing you, you do with your butt. No. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Wrong show, baby. Wrong show. <laughs> um, I don't even know. I can't think of it. Like, you, <laughs> you threw him off. <laughs> well, I mean, I do. Yeah. I, 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 there are straight men um, and straight women who are, are curious about the things that we're talking about. And they will approach us um, about the topics and like give their thoughts or ask mm -hmm. questions because they're curious about certain things that they didn't know. Um, yeah. I hear from people that they've heard, they've learned a lot from listening to us talk about these things. Um, personally, I've had uh, my uncle and my, um, one of my cousins um, both tell me how proud they are of me, which is like, you know, my, my family's one of those that they, it's, I don't know if it's tough love or that they just 
don't outwardly don't, show don't do love. A lot of hugging yeah. and kissing yeah. and crying. Um, and my cousin, who's in the Navy, sent me a, a text message that was just like, I'm so proud of what you're doing. Um, I know that we have some distance between us now, but I just want you to know that I've always looked at you as a little brother. Mm-hmm. You, you, you know, and it was, it was very endearing and kind of caught me off guard. And I was just yeah. like, <laughs> I didn't cry, but I was like, this is really sweet. So you're feeling affirmed by your, yeah. by your family. You know what else I just thought about though? What? what? We got to talk about some shit that my mama can listen to. Cause I was we only listening to my mama one episode <laughs> this season. She tried to, she, on her own, she tried to listen to that um, party and play episode. Oh, and she had to not, she had to turn that off. That's not the one for black, for black mothers. <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> I was like, mom, there's a pastor coming on in a few weeks. You just wait for that. Oh, I tell my mom to fast forward. I'm like, <laughs> don't listen to the beginning. I mean, you, <laughs> you don't need to know these details about your son. Or maybe yeah. maybe you care. I don't you know, know. They secretly there's there's secret silent listeners mm-hmm. that just are like, uh huh. They gotta be fake outrage. It'll it'll come it'll come out one day when you just like randomly with them and they'll be like they'll bring it up. Right. You know? So that's gonna be fun. Yeah, no, I think that um the biggest shift that I've seen has been with my family. Mm-hmm. I think that um I never really brought up my like dating life or sexuality with family. Like it's just like a, a update, you know, like yeah. when I'm just going home, like, how's New York, Jordan? I'm like, you know, work. Um, (laughs) friends Um, but now family members are proactively coming up to me and are asking me like who are you dating like when are you having kids you know the things that they ask the straight the straight cousins Mm -hmm. Um, so I definitely feel like my family feels more comfortable initiating the conversations I think because they feel like I'm more comfortable sharing that information that's good because I think in the past they probably I don't think they were not bringing this up to spite me I think they just didn't know how to go about the conversation and what was right. taboo and what wasn't. Yeah. So now that we're more open, I think that my family is more open. Mm. Love that. Yeah. So um, on a more serious topic, so we got a question from a listener and they sent us a link to this article. Um, and I'm not sure if you had a chance to see it, but there, mm-hmm. was, a, um, there was a viral video um, of a young boy named Tyler living in Atlanta and um, the video shows him with a shaved head with the words gay shaved into his head and his siblings um, basically humiliating him and hitting him and reprimanding him for doing gay things, whatever that means. I don't think we have enough context to know exactly what. Abusing him. Yeah. And, you know, it's one of those shame videos um, and it's just really 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 sad and um i think the the there was a follow-up video after that where um tyler the young boy he went to he in the video he says he urges the public to not bully his siblings because of what they saw and that they didn't mean any harm they just didn't want him to do the wrong thing um but a lot of people believe that that video was forced because someone heard someone in the background Telling, directing him, directing him, basically. Um, Right now, he's not no longer with the family. He's no longer in the home. He's with um, the Atlanta Division of Family and Children's Services. Um, As far as I know, that's the latest that I know of. Yeah. Um, But the question that the listener had was, what advice would you give to queer people who exist in extremely homophobic environments and are dealing with shame and self-hate? Yeah. Um, Whoever wants to start. Um. I would say run. 
Oh, I was thinking about I, that's what came to mind too. We were watching. I think we think we've all seen it. Uh, Dominique Jackson's defining moments. Um, there's like an Ozzy interview that she does, mm-hmm. and she said what and through she's got she's like basically through her life she kept hearing this voice say to run yeah and yeah. first it was in her home country of tobago where she was um abused sexually abused by like a religious leader in her community and she was like right. she ran to the states yeah and then she couldn't be who she was with her family so she's like she ran to new york city to mm-hmm. like be herself um and that to me was of something and a voice that i think people should listen to because i think so off oftentimes we get so wrapped up in like this is my family or these are the people around me yeah. and you end up receiving like all this abuse and you're, you're holding on to moving, being around these people, but you aren't living. Right. 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 Like you aren't living. Um, and been on the flip side, the other thing that it, that comes to mind is thinking about systems that are in place to support people who have to run to live just because like, Hopefully, this young man find they find a family for him or someplace that cares for him, and he isn't just another black boy lost in a system. Because I wouldn't say that's yes, being out of an abusive household, step one. Yeah. yeah. But it's also not favorable for him. I don't know. He was like ten. He's young, yeah. sitting for mm-hmm. X amount of years to be stuck in some system that's not caring for him, that's not affirming him and helping him grow. Um, yeah. But yeah. step one, you you got to get out to live. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know why, but like. Uh, Scar from um, The Lion King telling Simba to run and never return, like <laughs> that came to mind. Yeah. Because for me, I couldn't even watch the video, the initial video. I didn't mm-hmm. watch it. Yeah, I saw it and I, I like stopped. I didn't even see the full, you know, moment because it was just it's too hard for me. Um, yeah. And I also feel like that's it's an extreme situation, and I d- don't know how I would give advice on something that I've not experienced. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, I was like, what would I, what would I say? I don't, I don't know. But like when Damon said run, I was like, that's what I wanted to say, but I mm-hmm. didn't know if that was like an appropriate thing to <laughs> say, like, um, or be as advice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was painful um, for everyone yeah. that, you know, actually watched the video and, all I could think was like I would pray for him, um, and I'm glad that, you know, he's out of the home at least from what you know as the latest news. But yeah. um, hopefully, hopefully, he finds the help that he needs yeah. um, because it's really sad. Yeah, I think it was it was an extremely difficult video to watch. Um, I like. I'm. I don't have firsthand experience with that level of homophobia. Yeah. Or like, like watching that push the limit for me. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was really thinking long and hard about what I would tell someone so young, um, what to do because it's difficult, right? Because you're not quite at that age where you can start fending for yourself. I think it's those um, de- developmental years where you really do need adults, adults yeah. in your life. Um, so I mm-hmm. think that what I would probably tell him is um, to find one adult that you can trust. And I don't know how easy or difficult that might be. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, honestly, it, even if he had an adult that he probably trusted, it would probably be really, really difficult to build the courage to mm-hmm. ask for help. 
because then you're admitting mm -hmm. that you need protecting from something. Yeah. And to Demond's point, um, I think it's really hard for someone, especially that young, um, to feel like they're betraying their family, right? Because I think that oftentimes at that young of an age, you sort of conflate care, which is like someone feeding you or giving you clothes to wear with mm -hmm. love, right. yeah. which is understanding you and appreciating who you are as a person and your differences. And um, so I would say find an adult and try to open up to that adult and seek help from that adult. But also a word of encouragement is that honestly, this is the absolute worst. And that if you're able to survive this, you can survive anything. And he has to be incredibly strong to experience that and to keep going. Yeah, I mean, he, he by the looks of that like follow-up video where he was giving very much of like owning the moment with the gay, um, you know, etched in his head. And it was, I, I was like, he seems like a very strong little black boy. He has to be. Um, yeah. Like, so, and I think that, you know, people that go through things like that, they're built in a different way to yeah. be able to like get through on the other side, so. Right, and I think that um, on that note of sort of being built a different way, basically being conditioned to be a different way, mm -hmm. and he has to have this survival tactic of adopting his surroundings outlook on gayness as bad. Right. I wanna sort of revisit a topic that we discussed around um, men who enter relationships with women knowing that they're not romantically interested in the female gender. Um, Time for a drink. So, <laughs> so in this type of situation where presenting as heterosexual is a survival tactic, does that at all change? And I'm, I'm more so talking to Tony and myself, but like, does that change our thoughts towards compassion towards gay men who may adopt that tactic to yeah. be able to exist and survive in their environment. That's, that's a, it's, this is a really tough um, thing to unpack because while I can have compassion and understand um, why it's happening, why a, a guy might, you know, do that. Yeah. Um, I still, on the flip side of it, feel like it's bringing someone else into the picture um, unnecessar like, unnecessarily. But it's, also, it's, it's hard. I don't know, because I go back and forth where it's a survival tactic, but also it's bringing someone else in and it's a fucked up situation for them. So it's just fucked up all around. It really is. And <laughs> I'm just like, how do I don't? It's like really a catch twenty two, um, and I don't I don't know if I have a hard and fast opinion on, you know, yes, this is okay or no, it's not because it's just so nuanced and layered that the answer to that is not that simple. Yeah. So. Demond. I. I feel the same way I felt in that episode. And I don't think the circumstance, his circumstances warrant a different approach and a different level of compassion. I think that the world has been built and systems have been built in a way that makes so many queer men 
hate themselves. And sometimes it looks like abuse from family. And sometimes, like in my instance, it looked like growing up in a church where like it drove me to the point where I thought that I would have to marry a woman. I would have to date women. I would have to have kids. And I became suicidal. And I think that just because it didn't look like my siblings shaving something into my head, I think that we still need to place value on how the world has created so much internal hate for ourselves and for other um, queer men. Yeah. Um, And I think, too, on the topic of, like, people, what happens around the people, with people that are involved, I think we should also give the women that exist in our lives or in certain scenarios, whatever it may be, more credit for being understanding human beings. Um, I think that, and I and I said this on the the, the episode, um, no face, no case, where <clears throat> I think that relationships end for a myriad of reasons. Mm-hmm. From your partner happened to be queer and either didn't know it or was afraid to share that. Right. Your partner may have been abusive. Y'all just don't like each other. Uh, whatever scenario it is, and I think that relationships end. And I don't think that it automatically means that the woman that experienced that now hates the person that was involved. Right. Like we, we I, do this platform now and there are ex-girlfriends I've had who support this surface level. Yeah. And they aren't just people that feel like, oh, he... Right. But I, they I fangled wish, me I, into some bullshit what, what some years I ago wish. and I hate him and all these things. It's just like they can listen to this. They can see the things we talk about and understand yo, this didn't work out because he was going through this thing. And I can see them for who they are as a person and mm-hmm. whatever decisions they may or may not make that are or are not positive. I yeah, think we're all I just, human. I think I it wished, happens. I wish that there was more light shed on the positive stories because all you hear um, by far and large are the, the negative stories where, where women have been in a situation like this where they've been with a man who is actually not heterosexual and all you hear is the bashing and all you, like the 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 trauma that they go through um and i don't hear a lot of stories like the ones that you're saying i do hear some yeah but, but I, I think, think that's, i think that's, that's what needs to be brought to light but that's more, the whole so problem that people like, can change their yeah like the whole idea is that the dl monster person was this idea that was perpetuated out of the aids crisis we know that we've talked about that and i think that's why so much attention is paid to the negative part of it because yeah. half of it's a fuck it's fucking bullshit anyway. Like even just like I'm in um, the gay men's course in New York and there are a lot of older men, a lot of, there, I met a guy who's 50 something who had got divorced a few years ago and now had kids mm-hmm. is now out, still has a great relationship with his kids. The woman who he had children with and was married to. I think that we're life is complicated and it's not just like, the minute, the first time you get a hard on and you realize that it's for a guy, like, that is just that easy. And I think that I, I, I've said it continuously that I don't think we should oversimplify the process of coming out for anyone, no matter how visibly traumatic we can see their experience being or people that we think aren't going through something and they're just, like, playing in people's face. Because those, people those people could have the exact same experience as this boy and we just didn't see it. Right. That's why I think it's it's so layered it's very it's a nuanced moment and yeah. it's really hard to to just give a 
hard and fast answer to. Like, you can't. I mean, I'm still very anti going, like, premeditatively going into a situation that you know is um, a show. Yeah. Um, but I what I would say. But what I but what I would say is that if I could give advice on or a workaround that may work is that maybe consider opening up to a woman and letting her know at the onset. You'd be surprised how many women, especially close women that actually love you, would be willing to help protect you and give you a level of protection. Um, and the reason why I say this is because. When we when we recorded No Face No Case, I talked about how I, um, you know, in my younger years, dated a woman so that I could be perceived as straight, and I really regretted that moment, and I felt like that was a really, that was a really poor lapse in judgment on my behalf, um, and you know, but I was also you realize that's also because of the trauma that you faced, yeah, right. So yeah, it wasn't right. It was a lapse in judgment, absolutely. But based and rooted in the right. trauma that yeah. you experienced. Yeah, no, I think we're all agreeing on right. that. But that was my issue in that conversation because y'all kept saying like the behavior's piss poor, and we. I'm just like, well, when you talk, but like, but like, think about this framing. You're like when we as queer people who are out, like, luckily we've come into ourselves. We live in a place where we feel affirmed. We're we surround we've surrounded ourselves with circles that affirm us, and then for us to be people looking at others in their situation and calling their actions piss poor without knowing the context behind all the things that are happening with them, I think that's not okay for us to do. And I think that's why that conversation got so heated because it felt flippant to the experiences that people are having that we may or may not know all the full details to. Right. And even still, with, with or without knowing the full details, I still there's still a level of me that uh, that is still in that same boat with Jordan where I, I don't like the premeditative moment. Um, but I do now, after having that conversation, realize that it's so layered and with trauma and how the world is set up for black queer men that this is why things happen. But I also want to use this platform to shed light on the fact that there are options. That's not your only choice. And I think that that's the point of the conversation is to say, you do have a say in this. You know what I mean? It's not like you were backed into a corner. There are options. So like I, while I understand the factors that are at play that inform those type of decisions, I've made those type of decisions, and I'm aware of some of those factors, um, I also want to be responsible in this platform and challenge people to explore what those options are and not just the easiest one that's in front of you. I don't think getting into a relationship with someone who you may potentially not be attracted to is the easy option. Like I, I, I think that we have to be very specific. I don't think that's an easy. Thing. Very specific yeah. in the wording we use that. here. Like I don't think we can say like, oh, they just took the easy way out. Somebody could be fucking miserable for years. Not like think about what I just told y'all about what I thought I was going to have well, to live yeah, that's in. What like, I being suicidal the at a young age. Matters. And then if I had gotten in that relationship and then to hear somebody say, well, you took the easy way out. That's, that's not, I don't think that's, I okay. think, yeah, I think if without having the full context, it's impossible to really dissect uh, why someone made the decision they made. And it's not a one answer fits all, but what I want to do is make sure that we're talking about all of it. And I feel like we are talking about 
like different angles of it. And I want to make sure that, yes, we do have that perspective of having compassion for people who are going through the trauma, but we also have the perspective of saying, hey, like maybe look at these options if you're going through that as an alternative. Um, yeah. Both, I think it's, they're not mutually exclusive. Like both can happen, right? Mm -hmm. So. All right. And to end on a more positive note, um, what moment in media has made you proud of the progress that queer expression and representation is making in this country. <laughs> the girls carrying on on BET show. Yeah, that was that's like <laughs> the obvious moment right now. Like the like biggest a, moment, right? Like that's not even just yeah. our, our little sis, uh, little Nas, but just like Lena Waithe having this show that's yeah. led by a black queer woman that has an after show hosted by B. Scott, who got kicked off BET some years right. ago and it's back. because they were like, oh, you can't wear feminine clothing on the red carpet and oh now goodness. it's back. Yeah. So, like, that was all, recent too. That's not too far in the past. All, mm -hmm. like, all the, the girls are carrying on the black entertainment. Right. You got Queen Latifah shouting out her partner. Her partner shouting out Pride. Right. Um, and that was a first for her yeah, right? being like more explicit mm -hmm. about, you know. You also had, yeah. which I think I, I read, I don't know how true this is, but um, with MJ Rodriguez being the first trans woman to, or trans person to come out on stage at the BET Awards and like present something. Did you never invite Laverne? Um, I don't know. I feel like Laverne, well, no, I think Laverne was at something else. Black I don't Girls know. Rock or something like that. Yeah, because mm -hmm. I saw, I read something. I was like, wow, like really? That was the first uh, time. Another pumped out there. Yeah. <laughs> that 40 inch bone <laughs> straight wig. her song. <laughs> Hello. Okay. Yeah. Um, so that was a moment. That, and obviously, Lil Nas X kissing, um, you know, another guy on BET on the biggest night of. Right. Black entertainment and black culture, where you have your grandmothers watching the <laughs> show, because you know everyone tunes into the BET right. Award. They have that gospel section. <laughs> they got a little something for everybody, <laughs> right. and so you know, Mima was watching the right. show, and that, and that, and you know what? That probably started so many conversations. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> so many conversations. I I can't even begin to imagine um, the debates that went on after that kiss, and then people have talked about like how you know madonna did it with uh britney spears, britney spears and, and christina aguilera on the mtv awards like that got that was um glorified i i think right yeah. um and so i'm really like i love what Lil nas x is doing with his platform it makes me so happy yeah i think it's very i think it's very courageous for him because i think that in the past you know when um gay men were giving a, a huge platform to sort of express themselves. I feel like it's always kind of confined and it's always kind of watered down. You don't truly get like the gay experience that you feel like they may have been li mm -hmm. living, living in their real life. So like, I love the fact that he was like, not only went for the kiss, but like the choreography was like <laughs> sassy, like oh, yeah. costume. It, the costume, like it was the whole thing. And it, and it made me so happy because I felt like a lot of people and a lot of queer people too, some have this argument that they feel like Little Nas X is doing too much. Right. But I'm just like, this is actually mirroring what your life looks like, mm -hmm. except you feel like it only deserves to be done at nightclubs mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. the dark or with close friends. He's doing it on a stage in front of millions of audiences. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that makes you uncomfortable because you've, you've been taught so much that you're supposed to keep that gay shit to your gay friends mm -hmm. and to your gay social life. I ain't and with that gay shit. <laughs> and I love that, like, he's really, like, 
show like pulling the curtain back because this is what it looks like <laughs> at the gay club. You know what I mean? This is what it is. And I just I really hope that, you know, young kids who are, you know, around Tyler's age are watching this and saying, you know, I feel like I sort of align with that right. brand of gayness and I'm growing up in my developmental years knowing that it's something to be celebrated. I can mm-hmm. do that and be number one on Billboard. I'm, I can do that and still pro- and reach for the stars and, and grab yeah. the stars. It's, so, it's so, so important to have an example um, of what is possible. You know, an example of the possibilities that exist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't have that necessarily. And like you said, young Tyler uh, well, has that. And so that's also another avenue of to give, you know, someone in his position hope um, and, the, you know, courage. Mm-hmm. And I, I just I'm looking forward to what um, Lil Nas X does next. And I I just <laughs> applaud everything. he's doing. It's just so good. Yeah. So good. I agree. OK. Switch. All right. So segment three. Um, it's about the quest for, quote, normalcy and acceptance among queer people. So we had a few episodes about this, talking about assimilation, different body types, all these things. Um, but like all of our other sections, we're going to start with the game. So because you bitches talk too much, you're going to play a little talk game. Talk too much. You talk too damn much. <laughs> where I'm going to say a phrase and you have to describe it for you in one word. Okay. So, for instance, if I were to say, describe how your summer would be, it's how your summer has been, but you only get one word. Okay. That's All easy right. enough. So, first, describe your sex life in one word. Hopeful. <laughs> Selective. Passionate. Yes. Mm. Um, passion. I want something passionate. Why not? What else do you want, baby? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Describe your body in one word. Everything. <laughs> Developing. <laughs> Struggling. <laughs> <laughs> Describe your home in one word. Abundance. <laughs> Cozy. Chic. <laughs> I get that. Um, girl, y'all ain't cozy. I, it is. We've been decorating. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's a jail. My house we is have, cozy. No, y'all got a little My stuff place up is now. cozy. We got throw pillows now. <laughs> cozy. Um, we got throw pillows now. Yeah. <laughs> um, describe. It means literally cozy. Describe how you think in one word. Open-minded. That's two words. What? It's a hyphenated word, isn't <laughs> yeah. it? I think it is hyphenated. How 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 I think? Yeah. Um. Thoroughly. <laughs> uh. Quickly. Mm. Uh, and then describe what you feel you bring to the show in one word. You know my word. What? Authenticity. Perspective. Freedom. <laughs> Can I have another word? No. Vulnerability. <laughs> Are we going back as a round robin? <laughs> it's popcorn. It's now a ponderosa. <laughs> All right. So thinking about uh, normalcies, let's start here. Um, are you still searching for normal- normalcy and acceptance? And how has this changed or not since season one? Um, Jordan. 
Um, yes. Uh, I think that, you know, I'm still very sensitive to rejection. I've always, I, I've always been sensitive to rejection. And I think that um, the little kid in me makes guest appearances often. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that the, the podcast has revealed to me in that I can say what's on my mind that may be unpopular mm-hmm. or I'm doing air quotes incorrect. Mm-hmm. Um, and the world doesn't stop. Mm. Um, and that it's actually not really a bad thing for people to not like me based off of getting to know me better. <laughs> um, so I'm sort of that part. I'm sort of leaning into that a little bit. The podcast is actually forcing me to lean into that a little bit. <laughs> um, it's beating you basically. <laughs> so, it's like a tube um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm embracing the idea of naturally and inevitably pissing people off mm-hmm. even when I don't try to. And I'm just allowing that to just sort of happen and roll off my shoulders when I can. Mm-hmm. It still bothers me, but it's definitely been um, a growth since, you know, last year when we started the podcast. Okay. Tony? Um, I'm not searching for normalcy or acceptance, um, simply stated. I think the podcast has a lot, has really allowed me to be even more um, of who I am and I'm loving that growth. It's, it's a growth vehicle mm-hmm. is what I've been referring to the, this whole situation as. Um, and I'm really enjoying that. It's so fun <laughs> <laughs> to just become who you are yeah. and to really be your, your full, the full version of yourself or, or be going towards mm-hmm. the full version of yourself. And like, I feel like I'm maximizing like, you know, my contribution to myself mm-hmm. yeah. um, through the conversations we have, through how vulnerable I get to be, mm-hmm. through how salacious I want to be, whatever mm-hmm. it is, you know, yeah. you get the, you get all sides. Um, and, doing it unapologetically and not giving a fuck what anyone thinks, mm-hmm. um, which has always been how I've carried myself, but it's a little different when you're putting something out there for the world to okay. dissect. Okay. Feedback. Um, yeah. You said, did I, did, <laughs> did I ask you? Did I ask you? <laughs> so I, you know, I'm excited by what we have done and what we are doing and what we will continue to do. And yeah, that that's, I don't want to cry. I'm going to cry later. Okay. Laugh now, cry later. Um, yeah, I, w- I don't think I was looking for normalcy and acceptance in season one, and I feel like I've just become more rebellious <laughs> as we've gone through this. True. Um, True. I, because, like, we, we've, the, the, I think the topics are getting more interesting the further we go on this journey. And I feel like every time we do a thing, I'm just like, yeah, fuck that. I don't want to do that. I want to do this my own way. <laughs> That's the that that those being you know the angels. There's the angel and the devil on your shoulders. It's just two devils. It's just two devils on Demond's <laughs> shoulders. I'm talking about fuck that. <laughs> fuck that. Hell yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> socket two one. <laughs> I feel like that. <laughs> but yeah, beat his ass. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes the girls need their ass whooped. True. Verbally. No. 
Oh, okay. I was going to say, not, I'm like, revise that. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to get uh, Day Day and them and, you know, Taekwon and whatnot. To go mm-hmm. and do. You know how many black people listen to this podcast? And somebody probably named Taekwon. Of course. And now you're saying he fight. <laughs> they fight. Taekwon fight. <laughs> a mess. Now, when I call him up, it's going to be a problem. It's a situation. Shout out Jarrell. <laughs> um, so, again, thinking about our own insecurities and things. So, which episode um, do you think, excuse me, what episode forced you to explore part of yourself that you're still working on you still have a level of acceptance or even something you just haven't fully explored in relation to yourself tony this question was hard for me to think about and answer because i'm not perfect Mm. but i also didn't know like what has been revealed to me that i felt i haven't fully accepted or that i still needed to work on but the more i thought about the question i thought about um, our gaze is all this time episode mm-hmm. and how that felt like one big gay therapy session mm-hmm. between all the generations yeah. um, and people, you know, answering the different topics, but mm-hmm. then also the, I think what was really moving was the message to our 10 year old selves. Mm-hmm. And yeah, for it sure. made me think about the therapy that I want to like, that's that's the the thing for me. I feel like that's gonna really mm-hmm. take me to the next level. Is mm-hmm. like how much more about myself can I learn? Yeah. And I think I've never done therapy. I'm open to it. I'm not been one of those people like I don't I ain't doing therapy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't telling the people my business. Uh, but I'm I'm. It's something that I'm definitely want to do, and I'm open to doing. And I just need to take the steps to do, and. That's kind of exciting. Like that part of me has been exposed, and I feel like that's an you know an area that I can um, mm-hmm. that I can like take away from this season and hopefully put into action. You know, I'm a procrastinator, Child. so <laughs> keep me honest and um, accountable. I'm gonna get you together. Yes, <laughs> um, I think affirmative inaction was probably um, the episode that was most eye opening for me. Um, I've always been like very career driven and very ambitious. And I feel like it was, it's all rooted in this idea that I needed to prove to myself and to people around me that I was good enough Mm -hmm. Um, and not only good enough, but the best. And I felt like that was like, what I'm realizing is that it's crippling me from, um, from not taking risk or doing things that don't feel super safe. I feel like I try to avoid doing things wrong and then in reality don't do enough <laughs> mm. as it pertains to like um, just sort of like really unlocking who Jordan is. And it's not necessarily just like the way I'm projecting my personality, but also just like the the, ch- the ways in which I think, like the, the ideas that I bring. Like who are you really? And, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like I'm I'm the episode has really opened my eyes to like really try to balance um, being so, I guess, calculated on how to, how to climb the ladder, um, but also being kind to myself mm-hmm. along the way and realizing that if you make a mistake, it's not the end of your career. If you, if you rub somebody wrong, it doesn't mean you're getting fired. Um, I, I'm a little bit triggered because that's happened to me before. Um, getting fired for not being likable, but um, 
Yeah, I think that you I'm, not likable. <laughs> that's what I said. <laughs> that was a very triggering moment, and it like really affected my self esteem in the workplace for a very long time after that. And I just was like, oh my goodness, like I'm very hypersensitive to the people who are more senior than me that are assessing me that are basically responsible for like whether or not I grow or not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you think? Like, is this, is this right? Is this wrong? Like, are you about to block me? Like, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, I go into that moment. So I okay. just sort of overthink things and I feel like Jordan lives in was... a constant state of the Tyra Banks moment when she's like, I have two photos. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, one so... stays and one goes. And Jordan's <laughs> always like, bitch, am I the one that's going? Like, did I do everything right? Get to the end of the day, ain't doing no work. Yeah, oh my it's, God. Just like, it's just like a natural anxiety of like not being enough. So, I, you know, I feel like the the episode was really eye-opening and just being like, be kind to yourself. You're smart. You got to where you are because you're smart. And um, there's a lot more that people can, you know, enjoy from you just being a little bit more relaxed in the workplace. So, um that's something that was like difficult when we were going through it and uh, insight came from it. And, you know, it's now, it's now something that I consciously think about as a goal to, to work on. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Um, Skinny Legends only was an interesting experience for me. Was it? Yeah. Cause I feel like I've always thought about body in the more theoretical point of view, like very meta. Having, very, very meta. Yeah. What does that mean? Um, like well, if we're having a conversation about, fat phobia and systems that are in place and level la- layers of privilege in society. Mm. Like we're having a conversation. I understand how those things exist. They don't necessarily affect me personally. Mm-hmm. So it's very academic. Um, <laughs> and I think that when we got into the conversation where we were talking about the differentiation between systems that are in place and then the personal relationship you have with your body and how you view yourself when you're just alone in the mirror, I realized that I disliked, my body a lot more than I realized or like I wasn't happy with it. Um, and it was just the thing where like I hadn't thought much about a lot about it. Mm. And then like, it, it sent me into a bit of a spiral. And then even just like thinking about like how to change things about it, how to eat, but how to work out. I'm like, I don't even know how to fucking work out. I've been like trying to learn how to do more things. Pick, yeah. up, put them, down. pick them up, put them down. <laughs> but like that, that was just an overwhelming thing. And it just, it, it just, it sparked something that I hadn't thought so much about because I'm skinny. Like it, it, it's not like outside people are being hard, harsh on me. Mm-hmm. But I think that when I was thinking more about how I self-reflect the thoughts that I would have if I saw a picture of myself and so on. Um, yeah, just, it, it made me think more personally than I think I have before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I'm receiving that because of just being around you and, you being hypercritical about mm-hmm. how you look. And I know everyone's um, relationship with their bodies is personal. Mm-hmm. And so when you say things, I'm giving girl, <laughs> but. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Shut up. Tony, I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> but uh, I mean, it, I, I understand, you know, I understand the concept of, Seeing something mm-hmm. from the outside in and knowing that what I see doesn't necessarily mean that's how you, that the person feels that way. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a, it's one of those things that's really nuanced and layered and, yeah. you know, 
So I'm I'm happy to hear you talk about that. Yeah. And get that inside. Yeah, trying to get these old bones together. <laughs> <laughs> um, switching topics a bit. Uh, we've been a lot more open about sexuality on the podcast last season and even more so this season. Um, do you feel like you're more liberated or experimental in the bedroom, Jordan? I'm not really having that much sex. So, no. That's, that's your tagline for this everybody. Beyond the Service. Well, everybody, everybody's getting on I my I think nerves. he's saying that so that after this episode airs, that people <laughs> exactly. are like, you ain't having a lot of sex? You know what? Well, let me help you out. No, actually, I don't <laughs> want it. Like, I feel like I was starting to, like, entertain, um, you know, people. And I was going to say something much worse. I'm not going to say it. I was too. I'm not going to say it. I'm like, let me be quiet. But it's just, I don't know. It's just so mentally involved and everybody gets on my damn nerves. And it's just like, as soon as sex is involved, it just becomes a headache. And I'm just really trying to minimize distractions. So Mm -hmm. no, I haven't really experimented. I haven't really done anything new. It's been real, you know, it's been real solo in my bed. So you explored anything new by yourself? No. <laughs> <laughs> not, not, not that you wish to no, no. Well, no, nothing that I haven't done before. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. Tony. Yeah, I'm sure. It's fine. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um have I been more liberated through being openly like openly talking about mm-hmm. sex and stuff on the podcast? Um no. Like, not necessarily, you know, I'm... No new tricks? No, no. Meaning, like, you know, moves. I wasn't trying yeah. to say, like, a person or anything. You no. refer to people as tricks? Listen, I, I wrote... Well, you know, some people do. <laughs> I wrote the book. <laughs> no new tricks. <laughs> I want to I I I I be oh, clear. No. There are tricks and there are tricks. Okay. I, there are new tricks. And tricks are for But in terms of okay. moves, um, then, no. Like, <laughs> I, I think I... Everyone's on a spectrum when it comes to, like, freak levels right mm-hmm. and what they are w- willing to do and not do and for me it it really could vary it's 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 the energy for me like with that i get and receive from someone that mm-hmm. may allow me to do something that is something i would wouldn't do on you know a day-to-day <laughs> 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 or just with any old body um so i'm really big on like letting the energy guide me and I still struggle with being in my head um, sometimes, but I'm trying to work on that. I don't know. I don't know how I'm trying to work on that, but <laughs> just acknowledging keep, it. Just keep, I mean, no, first, okay. The first step. Yeah. So that's so, how I'm trying. Just, yeah. just keep fucking. Identify. <laughs> You'll get over. It. Have sex. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think in last season's sex sex episode, I talked about wanting to play around with leather, and I played in my harness a bit. No. Yeah. What's I need wait, a different harness. one. Like wrap a like hook a hook a chain onto like, it no, and like I was not, no, swing just, from the chandelier. Yes. You got a swing bitch? I, I got a chandelier and a swing. <laughs> Cause I gotta come over. <laughs> and see, do swing. I need to install one in my domicile? <laughs> <laughs> I do not have a swing. I don't know. Child, you girl. <laughs> you said harness and that's what I thought about was a swing. And then somehow the girl's got uh, me tied to the ceiling now. Listen. <laughs> Fucking homosexuals. <laughs> I, I hate you. Oh, you meant like harness that goes on your body. It was on my body. Not, oh. Not uh-huh. like I'm not, not a jetpack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm on one of those fucking um bungee cords. <laughs> Um, we just gonna move on. Ooh. The fuck is the next question? <laughs> oh, so we're 
<laughs> so as we t- talked about age, um, what are you most looking forward to as we move further into our 30s? I think y'all should get a harness that you should tie to your ceiling <laughs> as a first step. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for for me, it's the maturation. Is that, am I saying that right? I don't know, Joe. M- like maturing. I know. Maturation. I know. Matrimony. <laughs> Shut up. I'm looking forward to like... <laughs> Aging gracefully and successfully, and uh, getting the my like collecting my things. Um, <laughs> I'm really looking forward to that, and I think it's starting to happen. It's always been happening. Like every life stage, you're collecting things, collecting things, but then all of a sudden, it's like a combustion where boom, like everything's happening at mm-hmm. once, um, and I'm excited about that part, like continued growth, continued learning. And with every year that we grow older and or better, as Demon says, better. Um, <laughs> it's, it's like unlocking that next level. Mm-hmm. And that excites me. I embrace it. I am, um, you know, I'm ready. And it's our time. My time, our mm-hmm. time. Um, so yeah, um, I think for my thirties, I'm really interested in manifesting the vision that I have for myself. Um, I think that this year I've really made a lot of changes in terms of how I want to go about my, my time and spending my time. Um, I've you know made a lot of investments in just holistic health, um, eating better, drinking less, getting more sleep trying to really like try to really zero in on being focused and alert most times and I'm ready to roll up my sleeves and hustle I have a lot of dreams I want to achieve them and um, I'm sort of focused on doing the doing the work um, deprioritizing certain social um, activities and because I really want to get to a place where you know I can I can help my family become financially free I want to get to a point in my life where um, I have the luxury of being able to spend my time away from my office and not at the expense of my lifestyle. Um, And I want to find a partner and start a family. So I think that, yeah, my 30s, I feel like I I, I can feel myself just wanting to shift my priorities and just really focus on like laser focus in on like what do I really want and Mm -hmm. what sacrifices do I have to make to get there? That's great because you remember that promise we made that by the age of 33, if neither of us were married, we would just like go ahead. (laughs) So I'm glad you're so fucking focused. (laughs) This makes me so happy. I'm excited for our future. Listen. And future kids. kids, They they cannot come to the podcast. You know, it's got to be one person and it's Jordan for me. Um, (laughs) Thank you. And then Damon, you know, Ain't gonna be no you still, you still like daddy. Th- this is a side thing, but he's like, <laughs> <laughs> he's stable. He's like doing his thing. You know what I'm saying? I'm excited to just use my skills and the things that I've gained to help other people in our communities. I think this podcast is the first iteration of that, trying to use whatever experiences that we've lived research read about sharing and synthesizing them and hopefully helping someone who's younger or maybe someone who is our age or older that is trying to figure some shit out. I also think professionally I'm trying to do 
more to impact black business, black professionals um, in ways that are kind of connected first to the corporate space that I exist in, but also to some other initiatives that I'm exploring um, to like use the things that I've gained and the experiences I've had, not just for me and not just for to make money or whatever it may be like, yeah, that's the girl cut the check. But um, hopefully to get to a place where it's just like, we're we're bringing people along. Yeah. Um, And I feel that now is a good time to like really take that, not just as an idea, but like put action behind it. Yeah. That reminds me of something I heard from someone that, talked about like living in service of others Mm -hmm. and you get it pays back in like dividend Mm -hmm. tenfold yeah um so that's dope yeah and then finally we've talked a lot on this show about the privilege and the amazing opportunities we've had professionally living in a place like new york in some ways quote looking the way we do people view us a certain type of way um but how do we Want, what do we want to do to um, lift up communities who have experiences that are quite different from ours? We talk about people who don't have as much privilege and live in the way that we do. Um, any ideas around that, Jordan? Um, I So I'm thinking like long term, mm-hmm. like further into my life. <laughs> um, <laughs> I really, really, really want to give back to the youth in the city of Trenton, New Jersey, where I grew up. Um, I really want to get to a point where I can build something, um, a school, uh, enrichment program, something, because I just feel like where I come from, there's so much unrecognized talent. Mm-hmm. Um, I have really close friends who, you know, didn't even have the opportunity to attend college because they didn't have a family that had the resources to put them through it. And they made better grades than me. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And I really want to be able to um, be at a point where I can I can be the one that creates opportunities for people, big opportunities for people. And um, I'm really excited for that moment in my life where, you know, I have the resources and I have the connections and I have the access to be able to do it because we are very privileged. We are very I, I hate using the word lucky because sometimes it could be interpreted as a negative, but like I think that we are very lucky to be in these positions mm-hmm. and be in New York City and have our air conditioned office jobs where you can take mental health days. Mm-hmm. That's not the reality of a lot of black people in mm-hmm. America. Mm-hmm. And I think that um I'm really I'm really excited for the day that I'll be able to sort of take everything that I've learned and everything that I've gained through these experiences. And, you know, help people that look like me who came from where I came from. Yeah. I mean, when you talk about luck, like Oprah Winfrey says, this is no such thing as luck. Um, she talks about preparation meets opportunity. And I think that we've been preparing and doing the work to meet the opportunities that are presented to us. And such as this podcast, this was presented as an opportunity to us by a friend mm-hmm. that we took seriously. And here we are a year later with like a thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think for me, um, I want to continue doing this thing because I feel like this can be that vehicle to do a lot of the things that you're talking about yeah. and anything else that Damon or mm-hmm. I want to do. 
this can be literally the moment. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so that is kind of where my head is right now in terms of thinking about how we can impact communities around us. And I also think about mentorship. And I really think I want would like to mentor um, gay youth uh, because I know how important mentorship is, but also being a gay youth, having someone who is gay and as an adult and successful in the world, having that example means so much. It's it's literally yeah. life changing. So that's something that I would want to consider um, in the future. Yeah. I think I talked about the future. I think right now we're using our privilege to pay for this damn podcast. No shit. <laughs> shit ain't cheap. No shit. If somebody's <laughs> listening and wants to help us do do the work for the community. Because bands will welcome. make us dance. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm done. <laughs> so let's talk about uh, a little bit of like a wrap of the season, closing remarks. Um Final, final word, final message. <laughs> like, who used to do that? Was it Jerry Springer that used to have like my final word? Child, I don't know. He, there was, yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't really a Jerry Springer. There were final words. He, there were words. Jerry Springer used to have right. a final word Jerry, at the end of every. Jerry, <laughs> right, Jerry. that's the final word. Oh, <laughs> um, so I want to talk about what's this. Actually, came from a listener as well. This question, and they asked, "What is the most, or what was the most challenging part of this season for each of us?" Um. I'll say, like, this is sort of like, this sort of like follows up on the response that I gave a little bit earlier, but it's really been about time management. Um, You know, my professional life has gotten exponentially more busy. Um, The work for the podcast is always a heavy lift, especially when we're in season. Um, I've been working on other projects um, that I'm excited about as well. And I just think that more, like a couple of times through the season, I just felt extremely overwhelmed. Like I, I was waking up and just like nervous and also tired because I was like overthinking while I was sleeping or not sleeping. Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely feel like that's been the biggest challenge. I've sort of taken up meditation. I go to Central Park and I like listen to those guided exercises on like mm-hmm. prioritizing. Um, it doesn't work for me. They they make you breathe too much. I'm like, just give me the tips. I'm like, why are you telling me the, breathe the in for four, hold for four? There you go, overthink. That's the nah, biggest uh, part. Of the, right. Just give me the. He's, give me I the listen to the meditation. Jordan, you should do this. Why are you telling me to do this? They I'm want like, me, why? they want me to breathe. And it's I don't a ten understand minute, why. It's a ten minute meditation thing, and for eight minutes we're breathing. You need to Most tell me. Most of meditation the, is the breathing. It's about centering, focusing, not thinking. That breathing is. If you're only is it called box breathing? I think is a technique. Um, well, like in for four, hold for four, breathe out for six. Kind of, first of yeah. all, I'm about to choke every time I do that. Who can breathe out for six seconds? Well, you can. It is a struggle, but I've been trying. <laughs> um, and that's been, you know, I, 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 it helps when I actually can get through it. But yeah, it's been prioritizing and time management for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, I think similar for me, like um, one of the things that I'm constantly working on is time management and in personal and professional life, there's so much happening, so much going on. And I'm preaching to the choir for us three, but also anyone listening. Like the last thing I want to do is complain. 
um, because there's a lot to be grateful for. But time management is one of those things that I feel I can always be improving on. And it's hard when there are things that you just don't want to fucking do. Um, but you have to do. <laughs> yeah. And they don't that, go away. That is really tough because mm-hmm. you push it to the limit and then you meet your maker one way or another. <laughs> right. You know, you either arrive, you know, uh, or you fall on your face. Fall on your face. <laughs> and sometimes you need to fall on your face. Sometimes yeah. that is, sometimes That's falling on your face your will up. humble your ass. And be like. Because sometimes I'm waiting to be like, is someone going to shake me yet? Because I I don't feel like I'm on top of my shit. But I'm waiting for someone to, like, it's a weird thing of like, yeah. I need to be like told, you ain't shit. You ain't never going to be shit <laughs> so that I can like wake up and be like, oh, no, bitch, I am shit and I am somebody. And like sometimes that is needed. I got you. So an accountability coach. <laughs> yeah, an accountability coach. So that's really that's really been a challenge. Yeah. And so I fully hear what you're saying, Jordan. And I mean, we've gotten this far. And we're only going to get more. Things are going to get busier. That's, what I, keep telling, that's what I keep telling myself. It doesn't, it doesn't slow down. No, it doesn't. So, you know, when you, um, you know, you're doing all the things. We have a small team. You know, <laughs> <laughs> we'll, have, we'll have staff, you know, on deck and a payroll and all that type of stuff. You know, I'm going to be chilling. I'm going to be right there supporting you <laughs> while you support me. So. <laughs> I see what this is about. <laughs> um. I think that the hardest thing I was had to do was prep for the Kiss with a Fist episode. Mm. I think being open and transparent about the experience of domestic violence was something that made me exceptionally nervous. And that was very different from how I felt going into pretty much any other episode. Um, typically, I go in and I'm just like, this is my point of view. I'm going to communicate it. And that's the end of it. Versus I think, and I think I said this maybe on our sound off where I was felt I felt this pressure to get it right. And and obviously, like Jordan said this a lot, like there typically is no right. You just have to go with what your truth is. And I think that was something that I don't know. In, in a weird way, it was like I don't take. I wasn't taking my own advice. Like I was overthinking it and trying to consider how people would receive it. Versus, I had to get to a place where it was just like I had to let the thing be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. And that was a very stressful week going up to it, through it. Listening back to it. Up to it, down to it. <laughs> those who don't do it. <laughs> um, but yeah. It's tough. It's yeah. tough. And that's t- it's tough being vulnerable, but that there's growth that comes from it. Mm-hmm. So that's the exciting part when you get through it and you're like, bitch, okay, now what? what's next? What else can I tackle? Mm-hmm. Um, and you get the courage from yourself mm-hmm. of, you know, doing that whole, going through that whole um, exercise. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about what was the most rewarding part of the season. Um, I really enjoy talking to Pastor Mike. Mm. Yeah, it's just like I grew up in the church for my whole life. Yeah. Um, and I said at the end of that episode, I was just like, I I don't know what I expected from that episode, but it wasn't that. Um, it was something totally unique to my entire experience with black churches. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though like I'm probably still not gonna like run back into a church every Sunday consistently at this point in my life, it was very rewarding to a person who had um internalized a lot of hate mm-hmm. from my experience in the church yeah um i think the most rewarding part for me was learning that people don't really care 
Um, <laughs> I think that we can all attest that I sort of obsessed over the affirmative inaction episode. I thought that there were certain things that I said that I felt like I didn't communicate exactly how I felt. Yeah. Um, and I just had a lot of anxiety around how people were going to react to it. And I mean, when the episode came out, there were people who disagreed. There were people who didn't like what I what I said and didn't really have share the same opinion. Mm-hmm. But my life didn't end. Um, I didn't, <laughs> did you die? I did not die. Okay. Um, and it was actually quite empowering to have that moment of being like, you know, this was actually like a very nerve wracking experience for you. And you did it to yourself. And I was unscathed. <laughs> right. If you ever if you ever watch physical on Apple TV, it's a um it's a show where this woman it, they process her internal thoughts and she's so hard on herself. Mm-hmm. Like she they 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 play her thoughts as a voiceover. Yeah. But like <laughs> it's just like it's all you all, no one's worrying about the imperfections or the mistakes or the words you're saying as much as you are. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So that was really rewarding and I, I'm excited to, yeah. you know, share what I have to say more often and <laughs> mm-hmm. more openly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think for me, what's been rewarding just be, I mean, you guys knowing how I'm set up is my answer will make sense. Um, in align with that is that the outpour of support, the, engagement from people the love people saying they see us um that to me is so important when you have people in the community who are listening who approach and tell us like you guys are doing something great like this is needed Mm -hmm. stuff like that is not that i need affirming because i don't need affirming from outside in i can affirm myself and i won't say that having affirmation or someone else affirm me is not needed. But what is important to me is that people, especially those closest to us, Mm -hmm. because it'll be the ones closest to you that are the ones that are like talking about, talking shit about the thing behind your back. But I think that, I think (laughs) this go round, like the girls and even our closest girls um, that may have been, teetering tottering and supporting and silent are like wow like you bitches are really doing something mm-hmm. you know and that to me is like really um just moving and it touches me and i love engaging with people having conversation i love the new people we've gotten to meet we had a whole picnic bitch <laughs> with like strangers <laughs> and it felt like family like mm-hmm. we're yeah. building a community we're it's so, it's happening. And I want to just take a moment to like mm-hmm. live in the present yeah, and not think about what's next because what we're doing right now and where we're at is like, I feel like those girls. <laughs> she couldn't help herself. I couldn't help myself. I couldn't help myself. It's so Tony though. <laughs> so lastly, um, let's close it out by saying something that we, even more of those girls, like, Let's talk, let's talk about ourselves and give each other a little compliment. <laughs> talk about what we admire about one another. Um, okay. Now, am I going to cry? No. Okay. Okay. I don't know. You to fucking cry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm more sensitive um, than Dude. I've ever been. <laughs> like, that's true. Shut 
Uh, don't cry to these bright lights. You're gonna be looking ugly on this video. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I would. My uh, thing is actually a joint thing between you guys. Okay. Um, and I've uh, I appreciate the commitment you all have to building like our little community of people. I think you all know me, and I, new people scare the shit out of me. Mm -hmm. um, and y'all, Tony especially, are definitely just out there doing the thing, talking to people on social, talking to people at the picnic. I think y'all went <laughs> to the bathroom at one point, mm -hmm. and like one of our guests came, was like, "Hey," and I was like, "Ah, dear headlights," <laughs> but like he was super sweet, like really, really sweet guy. Um, but that to me has it, it's like you you talk about like why we do it as a a three a three like what who's good at what yeah. who excels in certain things and child community outreach and management is the thing that I am <laughs> least successful with um the, the girls don't let me out around strangers often so this is a new thing for me mm -hmm. but i i appreciate the commitment that you guys have had to doing it and i think that i'm slowly inching out of my shell um in relation to people that well know cuz child podcast is bigger than the people we know now so right yeah um, so what I admire about Tony is how big of a cheerleader you are. So that's kind of like, you know, following up on that comment. We are those girls. I, I feel like I really admire and appreciate your optimism. Um, I think that in our conversations throughout our friendship, I've always sort of left feeling like things are going to be okay. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, and you sort of have this natural nurturing sort of side to you and encouraging as well and i really appreciate that about you mm -hmm. um and for Demond, i really admire your commitment to learning um i think that um you're always sort of exploring new ideas and new ways of thinking and um i think it's as we get older and as we mature i think that it's very easy to sort of just say like I got it figured out. This is my this is what I do. Um, I really admire your commitment to always sort of like questioning what you believe and mm -hmm. what you think, and if you still feel that way. Um, so yeah, take us home, Tommy. Well, <laughs> we are. Well, I will say <laughs> those girls about <laughs> Jordan is that, and it's more so this. This will be about this season specifically um, in that I know it was a tough season for you. And I know the conversations we've had while the cameras were rolling. <laughs> and I know the conversations that we've had while the cameras weren't. And I am happy and excited and hopeful about the change that you're going through for yourself. That makes me really excited. I feel like you're learning a lot about yourself and you're acknowledging certain things that have been difficult. It's not easy. And so that to me is like, as it's, it's tough to sit with yourself and be like, these are my flaws and, and, you know, have the, the want to actually like do something about it. So I admire that you're acknowledging what you're going through and what you want to do about it. Um, and that is, that is the type of person that I want to be around is someone who can say like, yeah, these things about myself are 
not where I want them to be, and I'm going to do the work to change. I want to be around people like that. Damon is a consummate friend and someone who will always be in your corner and through whatever he's going through personally, you will never know what Damon is like. He's He doesn't really wear his heart on his sleeve. <laughs> um, and so I get to see those really intimate, um, vulnerable moments that uh, outside of even what people hear on the show. Um, and it's, it's moved me in a very special way to think about everything that you've endured, endeared, endured, endeared, endured, endured. <laughs> over the course of like the last year um, or a couple years. And you push forward and you get shit done. We are on the way to the studio today. I'm like, Damon, we got to stop at the liquor store. He's like, already, it's in the back. I'm like, bitch, you are, you are an activity queen <laughs> and a stunt queen all at once. It's handled. And I love that. <laughs> and so I love you guys to death. Um, and on that note, it's a wrap, bitch. <laughs> we did it. Like, we, we actually did it. So thanks for hanging with us through this entire season, 15 episodes. It's been mm -hmm. a long stretch. But as always, let's keep the conversation going. Let us know your thoughts and questions at surfacelevelpodcast.com. And if you enjoyed this season, please rate, review, and subscribe. You'll be taking a summer break. The girls need time off too. Uh, but you can stay updated by following us on Instagram at surfacelevelpodcast. And until next time, stay curious. <laughs>